Hi, this is Joel and Victoria. Thanks for listening to our podcast and thanks for supporting the ministry. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? We appreciate you and pray for God's very best in your life. Well, God bless you. It's a joy to come into your homes. And if you're ever in our area, please stop by and be a part of one of our services. I promise you, we'll make you feel right at home. I say it often, but these are the finest people in all of Houston, Texas, right here at Lakewood. So come out whenever you can. But thanks for tuning in. Thank you again for coming out. I like to get started each week with something kind of funny. And I heard about this couple. They'd been married for over 60 years. They were at a church fellowship and Somebody asked them the secret of their success and how they'd been married so long. The man told how he always treated his wife with respect and how he took her on trips all over the world. He said, in fact, for our 25th wedding anniversary, I took her to Beijing, China. Everybody kind of clapped. One man spoke up and said, what'd you do for your 50th anniversary? He said, I went back and picked her up. (laughs) All right, hold up your Bibles. Say it like you mean it. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I am about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. God bless you. I want to talk to you today about putting the right actions behind your faith. It's not enough to just believe. We have to take it one step further and start expecting. When we're expecting, we're making plans. We talk like it's going to happen. We act like it's going to happen. Just like a young couple that's expecting a baby, they make all these preparations Why? Because a child, it's on its way. The fact is, they haven't seen the baby, they haven't touched it, yet they have enough faith in the doctor's report to start making these preparations. And God has put dreams in every one of our hearts. We all have things that we're believing for, believing to overcome an illness, believing to get out of debt, believing to accomplish our dreams. But here's the key. We have to go beyond believing. True faith has actions behind it. If you're sick, you need to start making plans to get well. If you're struggling in your finances, start making plans to prosper. If your marriage is on the rocks, start making plans to see that relationship restored. Put your faith out there. A lot of times we're believing one way, but with our actions, we're doing just the opposite. We have to understand our faith will work in either direction. Now I know people, they're making plans to get the flu at the grocery store. Well, it's flu season. I better pick up some of this flu medicine just in case. After all, it was bad last year. Got lucky and didn't get it, but I'll probably get it this year. They talk like it's going to happen. They take it one step further and put actions behind their faith, buying the flu medicine. A few months later, they've got it. See, their faith worked. They believed for it. They expected. They made plans and they get it. Faith will work even in the negative direction. And I'm not saying to go overboard. We have medicine at our house, but I don't think we should run down to the pharmacy 
Every time a television commercial comes on announcing flu season is here, get ready to get it. It's funny. Sometimes we put more faith in that than we do in what God says. The scripture says no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. I love what it says in Psalms. A thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near my dwelling. That means everybody at work may be getting the flu. Everybody at school may have it, but I believe God has put a hedge of protection around me and I'm going to stay in faith and not make plans to get it. And you know, if we read the news long enough and watch all the studies, if we're not careful, they'll just about talk us into having heart disease and high cholesterol and diabetes. Well, you know what they say, Joel, one in four people get cancer. Maybe that's true, but why don't you believe to be one of the three that don't get it instead of the one of the ones that do get it? It is just as easy to believe for the positive as it is the negative. And I want you to start making plans to live a long, healthy life. When you face sickness, we all have things come against us, but don't just give up and start making plans to live with it. I've heard people say, well, Joel, I'm learning to live with my arthritis. I'm learning to live with my high blood pressure. No, that's not your high blood pressure. That's not your sickness. Quit taking ownership of it and start making plans to get well. Our attitude should be, this sickness didn't come to stay, it came to pass. Now I know with long life, God's gonna satisfy me, so I declare it by faith, I'm getting better and better every day in every way. See, don't give up, don't quit dreaming, gotta keep the vision in front of you. I love what a friend of mine did. Both of his knees were crushed in an accident. The doctor told him he would be fortunate to ever walk but he would certainly never run or play sports again. He was so disappointed. But after being in the hospital for over three months, when he got out, the first thing he did was go up and join a health club. He took a step of faith. The fact is, he couldn't go up there for over a year. He was too weak. But he made up his mind he was not going to just sit back and plan on staying in that wheelchair. He was making plans to be up walking again. That was over five years ago. Little by little, he got stronger and stronger. And today, that young man can outrun me. He defied the odds. What happened? He went from believing to expecting. He started making plans to rise up out of that. He could have easily let the negative words sink in, just convince him to give up, settle for mediocrity. Maybe you've had some negative things spoken over you. But what I'm saying is don't let those negative words take root. Keep believing. God has you in the palm of his hand. And remember, faith is always in the now. Get up every morning, not saying, well, I know one day God's going to work. One day God's going to turn this around. No, we should be saying, Father, I thank you that right now you're working in my life. I thank you that right now I'm getting better. Right now things are changing in my favor. You got to stay in the now. Faith is always in the present. But a lot of times we're making preparations for the wrong things. I had a man tell me how his father, when he got up there in years, he had a terrible time with his eyesight. He got to the point where he couldn't read anymore. This was very common for the older people in their family. Several of them had that. And this man was doing exactly opposite of what I'm asking us to do. He was already making plans to have it himself. He said, Joel, I love to read. So I've started buying all of my books on CD now. That way I can listen to them just in case something ever happens to my eyesight. 
No, that's making plans for the wrong things. That's putting your faith in the negative. That's what allows it to come to pass. I told him, you need to keep buying regular books that you always read. And even if you're older, don't start buying these large print books just because some of your friends are and it makes it a little easier for you. No, if you don't need it, don't take the easy way out. And even if you do need it, put that off until you cannot read that other print anymore. Don't give up any ground. I like what Victoria did. She's always had real good eyesight, 2020 vision. But over the last couple of years, she's had a little difficulty reading things up close. And I've tried and tried to get her to go see the eye doctor, but she just wouldn't do it. She could not stand to think about the fact that her vision might be going down a little bit. Well, finally, I talked her into it. He said it was nothing. She just needed the lowest power reading glasses, kind you can buy over the counter at the grocery store. But still, it has been like pulling teeth for her to ever even give in to wearing those things. Now, I love the fact she's not going to just sit back and accept it. She stands against it. She has put it off and put it off and put it off. I mean, we'll go to a restaurant and you'll have to hold the menu way back here. It's like my dad used to say, God, you're either going to have to heal my eyes or lengthen my arms. But my point is, she doesn't just sit back and say, well, I guess I'm getting older. I guess my vision's going downhill. No, she's not making plans for defeat. I read a study the other day, had this big chart that showed how at different ages, certain things started to decline. According to the research, when we get to be 25, 30 years old, our hearing starts to go down so much every year. We lose so much muscle mass every year. Our brain cells decrease by a certain percentage every year, on and on. And if you let that junk take root and you start believing it and acting on it, that's what allows it to come to pass. I heard somebody the other day said, Joel, I just turned 60 and I can't hear as good as I used to. I knew this day was coming. Everybody told me my hearing would go down. No, you are agreeing with the wrong voices. Quit putting your faith in the wrong places and start agreeing with what God says about you. It says there in Deuteronomy 34, verse 7, talking about Moses, when he was 120 years old, his eye was not dim and his natural strength was not abated. That means he could still see clearly. He could hear clearly. He was strong and healthy. I don't know about you, but I'm going to believe to live out my days like Moses. Instead of listening to all these negative reports, let me give you a different report. Let me give you a study found in God's Word. It says, in effect, at 60, you're still supposed to hear well. At 70, your mind is supposed to be as sharp as it was when you were 25. At 80, you're supposed to be full of joy, full of life, full of energy. Why don't you start making plans to live a long, healthy, satisfied life? I remember about 15 years ago, we were remodeling the old sanctuary, mainly the platform area. And at that time, my father would have been 70 years old. One of the architects I was working with, he said, Joel, your dad's getting a little older. Don't you think we should put a wheelchair ramp up to the side of the platform just in case he's ever in a wheelchair? And he meant, well, he's a very nice man. But I thought to myself, you don't know my father. If he heard you say that, he would chase you out of this county. (laughs) Because my dad, in no way, shape, or form, was ever planning on being in a wheelchair. And I'm asking you today to not make plans for defeat. Don't make plans to get old and bend over and not be able to do anything. Keep your faith out there. Talk health, talk long life, and then put some actions behind it. I know a man, he's in his 90s, and he still lives 
at home alone. And his bedroom is on the second floor. That means every day, several times, he's got to go up and down those stairs. His children, his grandchildren have tried to talk him in to move it into one of the empty bedrooms downstairs, but he won't do it. His mind is made up. He said, Joel, I know if I give in, I'll never be able to go back up those stairs. And I know we have to use common sense. We have to be realistic. But what I'm saying is just don't make plans for defeat. Everybody around you may be getting old and cranky and this doesn't work and that doesn't work. But let me tell you, that doesn't have to be you. You can be the exception. Believe to live a long, healthy life. I know my father... He never wanted to live if he couldn't preach. He didn't want to retire. He didn't want to kick back and take it easy. He made plans to preach right up until he died. He used to tell me, Joel, I will never have a stroke. He was saying that by faith because he struggled with high blood pressure his whole lifetime. He would say, I'll never be incapacitated. I'll never come to the place where I cannot preach. And do you know, my father preached just 11 days before he went to be with the Lord. God gave him the desires of his heart, but he had his faith out there. He was believing he was going to be productive right up until the day that he died. And it's easy to think, well, Joel, this is just a part of getting old. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. Can't see, can't hear, cranky. No, don't fall into that trap, especially the cranky part. There's enough cranky people. Make plans to be healthy, to be full of joy, to be productive right up to the day God calls you home. I love what Caleb did. When he was 80 years old, he said, God, give me another mountain. He was saying, God, give me something else to do. Give me another assignment. Notice he was planning on living out his life in victory. He could have said, God, just let me retire. Man, my back's hurting. Can't hardly see anymore. Medicare wouldn't pay that latest prescription. I'm so aggravated. I'm pretty sure Caleb wasn't wearing one of those things around his neck that says, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. No, he was strong. He was energetic, ready for the next challenge. Let me tell you, you're never too old to do something for God. You wouldn't be here if God didn't have a purpose for you. You're not just taking up space, waiting to go to heaven. Get your joy back. Get your enthusiasm back. Don't plan on withering up. No, make plans to live every day joyful, vibrant, healthy, productive. An older couple came to our leadership conference a couple of months ago. And during the question and answer session, they stood up and the man said, Joel, we're not real sure what we're supposed to be doing at our age. They were in their 90s. This man was dressed to a T. His skin looked great, had on a hat. His wife was the epitome of grace and beauty. I mean, you've never seen a sharper, more striking looking older couple. And I told him one thing you need to do for sure is just go around and let other people see you. Be an example. Your joy, your health, Your peace, your victory is an inspiration to others. I said, you need to let the younger generation, to them, that's anyone under 80, you need to let them see how you can be up there in years and still be healthy, joyful, peaceful. I mean, they inspired me. I tell Victoria every week, I'm believing for at least 40 more good years of strong, productive ministry. 40 years of sharing God's word encouraging people, building the kingdom. Not 30 good years, and then the last 10, my back's hurting, this doesn't work, that doesn't work, no joy, no peace. No, I got my faith out there. I'm believing at 80 years old, I'm gonna be just as good looking as I am right now. I'm believing 
I'm going to still have my hair, still be telling my jokes, still be making fun of my brother Paul, <laughs> kidding him that his dentures are loose. And I've got hair and he doesn't. I'm making plans. I'm making plans to live a long, healthy, prosperous, joy-filled, abundant life. Why don't you do the same thing? I've told you about these three sisters, ages 96, 94, and 92. They live together. One day, the 96-year-old draws a bath and puts one foot in and pauses. She yells downstairs, I can't remember if I was getting in or getting out. The 94-year-old says, I don't know, I'll come see. And she gets halfway up the stairs and says, I can't remember if I was going up or coming down. The 92-year-old shook her head and said, man, I hope I never get that forgetful. She knocked on wood for good measure. Then she said, hang on, I'll come help both of you as soon as I see who's at the door. <laughs> Let's believe we're not gonna get like that. We gotta believe that our mind is gonna be sharp. We're gonna be healthy. We're gonna be productive right up until the day that we die. But we have to get beyond these stereotypes, these strongholds. Well, I'm getting old. There goes my health, my vision, my hearing. No, our faith is going to work in either direction. Now, I know a lady that went through a very extensive medical checkup. And at the time, she was about 70 years old. And they'd compiled all her information. And then they gave you an average life expectancy. Based on their findings, her health, her genetics, her family's history, they told her she'd probably live to be around 75 years old. Well, that was only another five years. You might as well have told her she was going to die the next day. She got so depressed, she wouldn't come out of her house. Lost her joy, lost her peace. Basically, she had just quit living her life. This went on month after month. One day, her family brought her up here and I was able to tell her what I'm telling you today. Don't make plans for the worst. Don't let the negative words take root. God can do what men can't do. And I've found sometimes these experts, even though they're fine people, they can be wrong. And I started pumping her full of faith. Well, today, that lady is 81 years old and as healthy and vibrant as can be. I saw her not long ago. She said, Joel, I've already beat it by six years. I said, yeah, and when you make it to 90, we're gonna have a real party around here. But don't let those negative words take root. And it's important to set a high goal for your life. My father always believed that he would live to preach into his 90s. He didn't quite make it, but he used to say, I'd rather shoot high and miss it a little than shoot low and make it. Keep a high goal. I used to play basketball with a gentleman that was in his 70s. He was in great shape. He could run up and down the court with the 20-year-olds. And one day we were talking he said, Joel, it's kind of funny. When I was 40, my doctors told me that my knees wouldn't hold up playing this much, but I just kept playing. And at 50, he told me my back would start hurting if I kept running and jumping like this, but I just kept on. At 60, he told me I could never keep up physically, but I can still run with the young guys. He said, I went back at 70. Finally, he told me, just keep playing as much as you want to. <laughs> I laughed and I said, how long are you going to play he smiled and said, I'm going to play until I get old. And I like that because old is in your mind. Your body may age, but if you'll stay young in your heart, it'll help your body to age even better. This man had the heart of a 25-year-old. I mean, he was always grateful, always happy, always in a good mood. You could tell he wasn't making plans to get old and worn out, nothing working right. 
He was planning on living out his life joyful, vibrant, in good health. And I know some of you have a history of certain illnesses in your family. I was praying with somebody last week and she told how her grandmother had a certain illness and her cousin had it and her uncle had it and it had shortened all of their lives. And naturally she was concerned about it, but you have to stand against things like that. You can be the exception. You can be the one to start a new standard for your family. Here's what you got to do. You got to think different and you've got to take different actions. You cannot prepare for defeat and expect to have victory. Keep your faith going in the right direction. I remember my grandmother on my father's side, Grandmother Osteen. She was a very feisty lady, one of a kind. She only stood about five feet tall. One time when she was older in life, she went to see her doctor and he said, I'm sorry, Mrs. Osteen, but you're in the beginning stages of Parkinson's disease. Well, Grandmother Osteen didn't really know what that was, but she was sure she didn't want to have any part of it. And so she bristled back and she got real stern. She said, listen here, doctor, I'll not have that. I refuse to have it. I'm too old to have it. <laughs> and she went home. And do you know my grandmother never did have Parkinson's disease. She just kept doing what she'd always been doing, planning on living a long, healthy life. She didn't let the negative words take root. And I realize we can't just necessarily wish things away, but we can decide what we're going to plan for. We can plan to get old and lose our sight and lose our health, or we can plan to live a long, healthy, blessed, prosperous life. What are you planning for today? Sickness or divine health? To barely get by or to be blessed? To stay where you are or to rise higher and really accomplish your dreams? Every one of us, according to our actions or even our inactions, we're all making plans for something. There's an interesting story in 2 Kings about a widow. Her husband has died and she doesn't have any money to pay her bills. And now the creditors are coming to take her two sons as payment. The only thing she has of any value is a small pot of oil. Elisha the prophet showed up at her home and he told her something interesting to do. He said, go out to all your neighbors and gather up as many of these large empty containers that you can find, these big jars that used to hold oil. And he told her specifically, don't get just a few, get as many as you can possibly find. And in the natural, it seemed like she was just wasting her time. This lady had enough problems. She lost her husband. She didn't have any money. The creditors are on her back. But Elisha knew he had to get her faith going in the right direction. She had been sitting around long enough preparing for defeat. Now he was trying to get her to start preparing for victory. And so she gathered up all these empty containers, got them home, and Elisha told her to pour the oil that she had into one of the other containers. And it looked like she was just going to transfer it from one to the other, but the scripture says her oil never ran out. She kept pouring and pouring and pouring. God supernaturally multiplied it until every single container was completely full. The fact is, if she would have gotten a dozen more containers, they would have been full as well. Friends, we are the ones that limit God. Let me challenge you. Have a big dream for your life. Make provision for abundance. Well, Joel, I'd love to pay my house off. I'd love to get out of debt, but I don't see how it could happen for me. I've gone as far in my career as I can go. I'd love to send my children to college, but it's so expensive these days. No, are you making any provision? Do you have a savings account opened up? Do you have any containers? Well, Joel, that'd be kind of foolish 
to have an account and not have anything to put in it. That's what this lady did. You got to take a step of faith. It's not enough to just believe, put actions behind your faith. Do what you can. Are you being your very best on the job, showing up early, going the extra mile, doing more than expected? Are you dressing for success? You may only have one suit, clean it up, press it and wear it like you own the place. Are you talking successful? Well, everybody gets promoted except me. They're talking about laying off people at my job. And Joel, last week, my washing machine broke. If it's not one thing, it's another. No, that's only preparing you for defeat. Change your attitude and change what you're saying. Start saying, this is going to be a blessed year. I know great things are in store. Goodness and mercy are following me. God's favor is surrounding me. I am expecting increase, promotion, abundance in this new year. Then don't stop there. Do like this little lady and start making plans to prosper. Make preparations to succeed, not to fail. I know when my father went to be with the Lord back in 1999 and I stepped up to pastor the church, one of the first things I did was to cancel our weekly television time. I thought, I've never preached before and I'm sure not gonna get on television and preach. And so I called our representative from the main national network that we were on. He was a good friend. I told him what had happened how we were going to have to cancel our broadcast. Well, the fact is, I was making plans for defeat. I was making plans to not do very well. I didn't think I could preach. I didn't think anybody would want to listen to me. So I put actions behind my faith. The problem is, I was using my faith in the wrong direction. I got home that night and told Victoria, just in passing what I'd done, she said, Joel, you did what? You need to get that time back. People all over the country are waiting to see what's going to happen to Lakewood. When she said that, right down in here, I knew that I knew that it was right. Long story short, we were able to get it back. And today the broadcast goes out all over the world. But a lot of times, a lot of times with our own actions, we are limiting God. And had I not taken a step of faith in the right direction, I don't know if we'd be on television today. We cannot prepare for defeat and expect to have victory. And some of you are kind of like I was. You're preparing to fail, preparing to barely get by, preparing to lose your health. Now, I want to challenge you today. Start preparing for good things. Prepare for success. Prepare for abundance. Prepare for victory. Prepare for a long life. Prepare for good health. Get your faith going in the right direction. Remember, with our actions or even our inactions, we're all making plans for something. And I'm asking you today to start making plans to live a blessed, prosperous, healthy, joy-filled, abundant, long life. I know if you do this, God will do more than you can even ask or think. He will pour out His blessings in favor and you'll live that life of victory God has in store. Amen. Do you receive it today? We never like to close our broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. Wash me clean. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. Get in a good Bible-based church. Keep God first place. He's going to take you places you've never dreamed of. Thank you for listening to the Joel Osteen Podcast. Help us continue to share the message of hope with those all over the world. Visit joelosteen.com slash give hope to give a gift today. Thanks so much for listening to today's message. 
I hope you'll subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to keep you inspired all through the week. We're praying for you. I know God's best is still ahead. We'll see you next time.